songs with you. Um, I actually had that song um, that we just had been singing there, Thank You Jesus for the Blood Apply. That was in my head all day today, and that was a far better rendition of it than I could ever do. That was brilliant. Um, thanks, guys, for, for leading that tonight. Uh, you're maybe here tonight and you know about Jesus. That's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to know about Jesus. Um, in fact, I, I don't remember a time where I didn't know about Jesus. And and in today's world, that, that's becoming nearly a strange thing. But it's an extremely blessed thing. That I don't remember a time in my life that I didn't know about Jesus. Uh, for, for, I don't remember a time where I didn't know John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's amazing. And I've known it all my life. But it only makes a difference when you make it yours. You could know about Jesus. You could know that Jesus died on the cross for you. You've maybe heard that all your life as well. But until you're able to sing, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied, where you actually made it yours, then it's really of no use to you. And so I want to encourage you tonight to make it yours. I'm going to sing a song that's a testimony song. I'm going to share my testimony. And sometimes I think in church we get too used to talking about testimonies. And really a testimony is just, it's, it's going to be my account of what God has done for me. If you were to end up in court, uh, they wouldn't want you to be telling what somebody else saw. They don't want you to stand in the dock and say, well, do you know, I, I was chatting to your man down the road and, well, he was telling me what he saw. Because you would be put out again. They wanted to know what you saw. They would say, get you off the stand and where's the guy that actually saw it? Where's the guy that, that saw it for himself? I wonder, do you have a testimony where you've saw God for yourself? Because this wee song, it's a little bit about how I've seen God for myself. And it says, all my hope is in Jesus. And I love the wee line that says, thank God that yesterday's gone. Because don't be thinking that I'm up here somebody special because I've got a pile of stuff that I'm really glad's behind me. I'm really glad yesterday's gone. I have plenty of mistakes racked up for me. So don't be worrying about how great I, I might be. I'm not. I've got plenty of mistakes. But I'm glad that yesterday's gone. This is all my hope is in Jesus. I've been held by a Savior And I've felt fire from above And I've been down to the river And I ain't the same A prodigal return And all my hope is in Jesus Thank God that my yesterday's gone And all my sins are forgiven and I've been washed by the blood 
definitely on. So good to be here with you tonight and to be, to be able to share a little of what God has done for me. And uh, I better get this timer out, look here, or we'll be here all night. What do we see? Set that there. I always start my testimony by saying this, that sometimes we, we can sort of find ourselves, you know, you can be sitting there and being like, look, it's all right for him up there. Those kind of things don't happen to me. You know, it's, it's okay for whoever's at the front, but, but that doesn't happen to me. And the thing is, I'm trying to summarize my life here in the next 15, 20 minutes. And, and I'm just giving you a few of the highlights that happened. And in through all of that, there was just days where, you know, where the alarm clock went off and you had to get up and go to work or where you had to get up and go to school or college or wherever you are. Just, you know, just like ordinary days. Ordinary days where you don't have to set an alarm clock anymore because the kids get up before you would ever set an alarm clock for that time. Just ordinary days. But it's ordinary days where God breaks in and speaks to ordinary people. And so I want to 
to say, don't rule yourself out. We've already been encouraged to, to, to pray a brave prayer. God, would you speak to me? God, if you're, if you're real, would, would you actually speak to me tonight? Would you challenge me? It's a brave prayer. Just ordinary people. Just ordinary folk doing ordinary things. But an extraordinary God who speaks to us. Who's alive. Like we were singing, he's risen from the dead and he is Lord. He's a great God. He's a great God. Well, who am I? I'm Johnny Lennox, as has already been said. Have you ever had one of those really sort of awful realizations as you're talking to somebody just the other day? I was chatting to a friend that I haven't seen for a while. And he says to me, so what age are you now, Johnny? I says, I'll be 34 in August. And then it dawned on me that I am currently 34 and I'll be 35 in August. That's a hateful realization. I'll be 35 in August. But I'm married to Amy and we've got two kids, Hannah and Emily. They're five and three, so that keeps us on our toes. And uh, I live in Castle Dawson. Hands up, who knows where Castle Dawson is? A few hands are going up. The rest of you, you're missing out. It's a great spot. <laughs> I always say it's not much to look at, but home's home, isn't it? It's just hard to beat being home. I have to try and summarize a lot of things tonight. And I need to just fast forward because, as I've already said, I was brought up and I, I knew the Bible. I, I knew about Jesus. But for a while, I wasn't that bothered about it, really. In fact, it was... I would say I was determined to go my own way. As I was at secondary school, uh, you know, sort of my early, my mid-teens, I was determined to go my own way. I, I have like a vivid picture of sitting at the back of physics and the rainy endowed school in Mackerfelt, Mr. Clark's class. Me and him didn't just see eye to eye because I didn't really want to be there. And he had a hard job trying to teach me anything about physics. And so we sort of just... You know, we had to coexist because it just had to be that way because it was timetabled. And I remember sitting along them big benches that you have in school in a science class, just dreaming about being 18 when I could just go and do what I wanted. I just wanted to go and do my thing. I just wanted to head out and, and go for it. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus describing the devil, he said that, the thief comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. And honestly, I think you could nearly sum up my ambitions in killing, stealing, and destroying. Now, I wasn't dreaming about going out and killing anybody. I wasn't doing that. But in reality, I was dreaming about killing myself. Slowly. I was determined to go and make a mess. I, I was destroying. I, I wasn't overly bothered about who else it was going to really impact. I just wanted to have a good time. I, I wasn't that bothered about anybody else. I was just going to take whatever it was that would give me a good time. I was heading for disaster. I was going to go for it. I, I was just, you know, like, you know, just like a horse ready to go. Just go mad. But in along there, I had friends who were Christians. And, and I kind of had this divide of friends who were Christians and friends who weren't. And um, to be honest, I said to somebody the other day, um, if I was to give advice to my friends back then, I would probably have advised them not to be friends with me. But for some reason, they stuck in. And, and 
I find, I, I found myself with a foot in two camps. Because I, I, I knew all the verses. Do you know what I mean? Some of you here know the answers. You've got sweets and pound coins at, at, at holiday Bible clubs and, and Sunday school and all the same as I did. You know, you know the answers. And I, I could put on a shirt and tie and carry a Bible as well as anybody else. But then I, I could go on the school bus or, and, and be out with a band or whatever I was doing and I was a totally different guy. And, and I was living really divided. And there's, there's no more miserable place to be. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight or maybe you're listening online. You, you found this video where somebody sent you the link and, and you're listening to this and and you could say that's you. It's great that you're here. It's great that you're listening. But maybe last night was different. And the problem with living two lives is when you're on your own, you don't know who you are. You're just more lost than ever. Divided. And it's awful when people from both camps meet, isn't it? You know, when, when you're up the town, you're trying to be the big lad and, and all, and then, you know, somebody from church that knows your man, ah, comes along. And, and then, you know, you don't want to avoid them totally because they've already seen you, but what are you going to say? But then if your mates ask you who that is, what are you going to tell them? It's just awkward. And it's, just, it's a really miserable way to live. That's the life I was living. In May of 2015, God had been speaking to me, or of 2005, sorry. And through 2005, God had been speaking to me, like clearly. Like one night, I had been out on the Saturday night. I had drank more than I should have. I made it in home. It was a disaster. I went to church that night, sitting down in the back corner, and the guy preaches about the prodigal son. About this boy who had every opportunity, yet here he was wasting it. But about a father who still loved him. It was just like he was speaking to me. I went home that night, cried my eyes out, and then decided I would try and sort of clean myself up a bit. But if you've ever tried that, you'll know as well as I do, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So here we are in May 2005. We were supposed to be going to Port Stewart, on Sunday evening, somebody come up with this idea that you go to the port and burn, burn the clutch out of your car sitting in a big queue of traffic. And uh, we were supposed to be going to the port, but the deal in our house was you had to go to church before you went to the port. And so the guys I was to be going with, uh, they, had, they were going down early. I says, you may go on ahead because I have to go to church. That's, that's the deal. That's the way it is. As I was heading out the door, I was about to, to go out and get into the car to go out that night. And my mate phoned me, William phoned me, he says, Johnny, there's been an accident. I don't know anything more, but I can let you know. I says, that, phone me, let me know. I knew something wasn't right. Couldn't explain really what was going on, but I knew something was wrong. I couldn't, sit, I couldn't settle myself sitting in the hall, so um, I went out to the car for a minute or two. And William phoned me back. He says, Johnny, uh, he says, they brought Bob out. 
But they didn't bring James and Gary out. They put a green sheet over the car. And I went to a wee country gospel hall. And here I am standing, leaning over a fence on a lovely sunny May afternoon. Looking at this field of heifers. And I knew that God had given me a chance. Because I was supposed to be in that car. I knew God had given me a chance. It was a, a turbulent couple of days. Uh, Gary was 21, James was 19. Two fellas killed on the same road that they lived on. One about a mile, the other about three miles from their house. Both of them saved. Both of them hoped for eternity. And me, standing, with still got breath in my lungs, leaning on a fence, knowing that God had given me a chance. On the Monday night, we went to the wakes. Uh, there was that bigger crowd of us gathered up to go to the wakes. We had to split into two groups. Uh, and one group went to one house. The other went to the other house. And then we switched over at half time. And uh, I remember standing. Standing outside. Because I wasn't going in to Gary's house. Because they were singing choruses. And I couldn't get my head around this. And I'm not going in there. I remember standing at the door, it got dark and there was a mop and a mop bucket beside me. Weird the things you remember. I remember standing there, I wasn't going in. And I went home that night and I knew I'd got nowhere else to go but to the Bible. Because I had this group of friends who, there were some of them had got hope and then there were some of us who didn't. That, that was the difference. Both of us in this same circumstance, but some who had hope and some who didn't. And I knew the only place I had left to go was to the Bible. So I went to the New Testament because we all know that the New Testament's easier to understand than the Old Testament. Isn't that right? We all know that. Uh, and I went to the book of Philippians because I don't like reading, never did. And it only has got four chapters. And I thought it's a good place to start. That's where I started. That's where I turned up. And I started to read down through chapter 1. And here's what it said in verse 23. For I am hard pressed between two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. That just summed me up. Hard pressed between two. I had a choice to make. Was I going to continue on my road or was I going to go God's way? Was I going to surrender my life to him? Was I going to repent? Was I going to change my mind? Or was I going to keep going in my pride and my stubbornness? What was I going to do? The Bible said, be with Christ because it's far better. I wrestled with that. I sat to, to late into the night wrestling with that. The next day I had my first uh, GCSE exam. It was additional maths you know anybody picking subjects, be gracious and tell them not to choose additional maths. Awful. I didn't know anything. 
My greatest accomplishment in additional maths was I could go a week without opening my school bag in the class. <laughs> I hadn't a clue. I had two hours in a silent exam hall to sit. And as I flicked through the paper to see if there was anything that I could have an attempt at, here's a question about a car that was traveling from A to B around a bend and an X in the middle of it saying, what speed was the car going at X? And it was just like the bend on the Mackerfeld Tubermore Road where Gary's Red 3 Series had come off the road and hit a tree. Two hours sitting staring at it. Two hours hard pressed between two. That night, I'm so thankful for, for good friends. Friends who were messaging me and encouraging me towards Jesus. And at two o'clock, in the morning, on the Wednesday morning of the 18th of May, 2005, I gave my life to God. Just on my own, just sitting in the kitchen, just crying my eyes out. Nothing fancy. Just an honest prayer. Just an honest prayer of God. If you take me, I'm coming. Something happened to me that night. And if you want my testimony, you want my first-hand account, something happened that night, and you will never convince me otherwise. Because that night I got peace, and I got hope that you could get nowhere else. Nowhere else. My mom had been trying to learn the piano keyed accordion, and I could play about two tunes on it. But at three o'clock in the morning, I was in no mood for going to bed. I wasn't for sleeping. And so I grabbed the old accordion and went out to the conservatory so I didn't wake anybody else up. And I started to play one of really the only tunes I knew. That old hymn, I was sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise no more. I, knew, I always knew that song. But that night it was different. It was different that night because that night it was mine. When it goes, when no one but Christ could help, I nearly feel like singing it. When no one but Christ could help, love lifted me. No, nothing else. There's no substitute for it. Money couldn't buy it. There's nothing you could do to earn it. But just a simple prayer, honest, honest prayer to God. And God done something for me that night. Eighteen years later, I've never regretted it. Not once. Not once have I ever regretted it. And so I wonder, is there anybody here? And you're hard pressed between two. I don't know what's happened in your life. But God's speaking to you. Can I encourage you with all my heart? Listen to him. I, I, I wonder, like how hard was my heart? The two of my mates had to be killed before I picked this book up for myself.
Like, how hard was I before I would listen? I don't know what you're trying. What you're trying to try and get peace. I don't know what you're trying to try and manufacture some sort of hope. But I can tell you that it'll fall short if it's not Jesus. It'll fall short. It'll disappoint. You'll just end up with hurt and with regret. You'll end up facing eternity on your own. Scribble down. I, I, I could talk all night. I could talk all night, and, and I need to, to sort of get this thing wrapped up a bit. God has been so, so good to me. God has been so, so good. It's not easy. I'm not saying that. I'm saying God's good. All of us, all of us have trials. Jesus told us, he says, don't, don't be surprised. He says, if, if you face trials in this world, don't, don't be surprised about that. That's par for the course. Everybody has got that. But facing them with Jesus is different. Facing life knowing that this book says that if you know the Lord as your shepherd, surely, like surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And then, as if that wasn't good enough, then he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. I want to encourage you, if you know Jesus and, and, and you're a Christian, endeavor to be like David. The, the word says that David was a man after God's own heart. And I've been thinking about that this past few days because David was a man after God's own heart. And I think it means that in every circumstance, David wanted to find where God was. He wanted to see what God saw. He wanted to have God's thoughts on the matter. And what's amazing about that is, even when you mess up, You can still go and find God. Like David made, he, he made some clinkers, as we would say up our way. He made some clinkers, like some real messes. Some real messes, but yet somewhere in his heart, David, David was positioned to try and find God in it. And so when he had messed up, we read in Psalm 51 where, he, where David comes before God and, and cries out for mercy. And I was thinking about 1 Samuel 30 where, where David come back from, from war. Him and the, the men came back and, and they'd, they'd had a tight going. And they'd lost a lot of men and they come back and they discovered the enemy had taken their wives and their children and all their stuff. The camp was empty. And all of the mighty men were ready to stone David. They were going to get him. And there's this wee we line and it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Because see, if you can just make God the main thing, God, no matter what's going on, I'm going to look for you in it. 
You're not perfect. None of us are. But you'll find grace and mercy. And David had suffered great loss. He was in a situation where he had got no straightforward answer. He had lost everything. All the men had lost everything. What was he going to do? He was on his own. And even there, even there, he found strength because he looked for God in it. I haven't been perfect for 18 years, I can assure you. I've made plenty of mistakes, some tough times, some things I have got no answers for. But I've endeavored to look for God as best I can. And I've always found him to be good. Every time. Every time. Every time so patient with me. Every time so gracious with me. Every time so loving and so merciful. Every time providing just what you need. Every time on time. Never too late. A couple of years ago, I was painting the house. Don't know if you've ever tried painting your own house. It's an awful task. You're all set up for it, and you get the, the blankets out and the mask and tape and the brushes, you know, and all the rest. You finally decided on a color and decided on something to do the window sills with too. And you get started, and you've painted about two square foot, and you think to yourself, what did I do this for? Now there's a big square in the house that's a different color and I'm going to have to finish this. Painting the house. Headphones in. Listening to a podcast. And honestly, a couple of years ago, I would say my relationship with God was you know, a little bit like a, a western scene where there's a tumbleweed just sort of comes by every now and again. But it was just really dry and dusty and just... Aye. Just like that. And I was painting. We live on a, a terrace from a row. And we enter, you know, in between. So you take the bin out. You don't have to do the excursion out round the long way. And I'm painting in the, the wee entry. And I was listening. It was, it was when America pulled out of Afghanistan. And I started to think about it. And I started to listen to this guy. And I started to remember that Jesus made a promise. That Jesus made a promise in, in John chapter 14. He, he, he starts off, he's talking to the disciples, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Peace for today. A scribble down, peace for today. No matter what you're going through, peace for today. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And I was challenged that day because I was challenged by do I really want to meet Jesus in the air? 
And my heart be as dry as this. Honestly. Standing in the entry between me and the neighbor. I'm convinced that Jesus is coming back. He's promised it. He's made a promise. And I'm so thankful that I've got peace for today. But I'm also thankful that I've got hope for tomorrow. Because he said he's coming back. He doesn't skip over that there'll be trouble in this world. But he says he's coming back. And if he made this world in six days, what is heaven going to be like because he's been making it for 2,000 years? What's it going to be like? He said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want peace for today and you want hope for tomorrow, to know that in this place that he's preparing with many rooms. If you want to go out of here tonight, sure that there'll be one with your name on it. That your name's on the list. Then Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. I want to sing one wee song and then I'm going to sit down. It's entitled Hymn of Heaven because it talks about the hope that I've tried to share with you. That when every prayer of desperation and when every song of faith has been worth it, when we see Jesus, when we sing with the angels in heaven, what's your hope? What's your hope when this is all over? What are you relying on? I trust you'll make it Jesus.
There will be a day when all will bow before him. And there will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, holy is the Lord. And on that day, join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith and with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain and on that day we join the the heroes of the faith and with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain forever he shall reign and so let it be today Jesus. God, I thank you that I've got a testimony to tell. God, I thank you that you've been so good to me. And God, I pray that if there's anybody here tonight, Lord, that's 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 just caught between two, God. Or maybe you've been speaking to them for a long time. God, I pray that tonight would be the night. Lord, that they would have courage courage to come to you or just the way they are or just honestly simply just fancy words no no trying to be something they're not Lord I thank you that we have got the confidence Lord on the authority of your word that anyone who comes to you, you won't cast out. Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone here would have, Lord, the hymn of heaven in their heart. Lord, that they would look forward to that day where we can see you face to face. And Lord, say thank you to your face. And Lord, sing with the heroes of the faith. Worthy as the lamb who was slain. We thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.
I can help you at all, if any of us here can help you, come, come and speak to us. That's why we're here. If we can pray with you, if we can maybe answer a question or, or at least try and, and help you along, along the way to an answer, come, come and talk to us. We, w- we would love to chat to you. If you're listening online, send a message. Send a message and somebody will get back to you and, uh, and we'll see what we can do to help you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your kind attention to me tonight. And Neil, I'm going to hand back to you.